So you, you just want to do like 20 minutes standard dev interview GDC for Team Jeff B? I don't know what I want to do yet. Let's start talking and see what happens. I'm already recording, so we've already... Oh, holy shit. I'm on the bus already? Yeah. Wow. Let me get my levels right here. Check. Check. Give me the Check. Cantaloupe. I heard a tip that, like, say what you had for breakfast. That was uh, a good uh, level. Beers. I had nothing. Beers. Oh, I had a Russian coffee drink. A Russian coffee drink? Yeah, called Raff. Because um, apparently some Russian thought... Hey, why don't we steam the espresso and the cream together? Was it good? It was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, San Francisco coffee is kind of weak uh, in general. How? Wait, what? Like in quality. What do you mean? Are you a coaster your coffee? So hold on a second. We'll get back to that in a second. Hello, everyone. <coughs> Greetings. Uh, Kier is here with me on Team GP Radio. We thought it would be a good idea to talk for a week at a conference, yelling late at night, and then do a podcast. Well, I mean, that that grain, that grit, I think is, is what podcasts are for. It's going to be the realist. The realist. Uh, there already is a podcast, I think, called The Realist. Or no, uh, it's This is The Real. with those. No, dudes. this is The, the Really Realist. <laughs> uh, Kier, when did you get in town? Uh, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. What did you... So, you came forward. Did you do the whole thing? Did you do anything? I, like, what were your, uh, I guess, talks? Did you do talks Monday, Tuesday, or anything like uh, that? Yeah, I did talks Monday, Tuesday. I mean, that's the IGS. That's the pass I had. So, that's kind of the best time, really. Like, like to see talks, and everybody's around. So, it's like a very social thing, in a way that normal GDC isn't. Yeah. So, you didn't do talks yesterday, or Wednesday, Thursday? Uh, I did some, but I'm going to, like, technical talks that don't necessarily have super applicable... <laughs> Like day to day work, like I went to a, a respawn, uh, Titanfall, net network handling thing. Okay, and it's like I'm probably not going to work on a game with dedicated servers for the next ten years. What makes you say that? Games as a service, it's a thing here. Yeah, but it's dedicated servers. That's the oh. that's the that's the break. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like a host client is good unless you're making something real time, right? Well, well no, but that's ten years is a long time. You got dedicated s- servers for uh, dive cake? No, but you're not listening to me. You said for ten years, right? Yeah. You don't know what you're gonna be doing. You know what game you're working on next? You can't. You can't say that. I know what I'm doing. I'm making crummy, crummy games without dedicated servers. You might get to do something cool like Titanfall. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'll work on a game. I, j- I just don't think that games need dedicated servers until they're first-person shooters. It seems interesting. Uh, what was the best talk you saw? Indie Soapbox is pretty good. Is that the one where they get uh, ten people, five minutes each or something? Yeah. What were the, what were the highlights from that one? Uh, there was this lady who had a cool name. I want to say her name was Bree Code. Okay. Do you know who? Do you I, know don't, her? I don't know. She basically did a talk about how she's really nervous doing these talks, yet yeah, that seems to be her career for the last little bit, is going around doing these talks. So it was kind of a very weird meta... And she had the best presentation. She had the best slides. Her deck was... The soapbox is always, like, not all ten talks are good or whatever. No. But there's always a couple in there that are amazing, make it worth going to. Yeah, and I don't even really know what she does. Yeah. <laughs> Other than be nervous and be the best person giving a talk at a uh, at a soapbox. I also like the um, Teddy from Hyperlight did his uh, live music thing. What the, I haven't seen that ever. Basically just talks about life... Over like live electronic music, 
Okay. Is he like a DJ or something on the No, no, he doesn't do the music. He gets some relatively well-known. Like, the year before, it was a disaster piece, and this year, I think it was the Minecraft guy. I don't remember his name. It's Daniel, like, was it Daniel? No, Numbers. He went yeah, by... C-418. Yeah, it was that yeah. guy. And so, it's just like he was talking about, like, <laughs> just his life and working at Square Enix, and so there's trees in the background. It's, you, it's just really, like, it's beautiful in a... Like, it's committed. Like, he, he's going for he's it. He's going all the way. Yeah. Uh, did you think Daniel looked like a nice person? Uh, yeah, he seemed nice. Seemed sweet, like a nice, nice kid, right? Uh, I mean, I don't know how old he is. He's but... 167 <laughs> years old. He is my nemesis. Why? Is he everything you always wanted to work at Square Enix Montreal? No, no, not Teddy. Daniel. Dan- oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. see now, you see it. Yeah, no, like you, if you told me he was 40, I'd believe you, but he doesn't look it. Yeah, he, he's uh, not going to look 40 for another 20 years. We've got a we've got a recurring goof we do mm-hmm. where our. Then by recurring goof, we do. I mean, I'm trolling him all the time. Yeah. I always, for some reason, whenever I see him at a show, I always see him before he sees me, and I walk up behind him and I just give him a little pinch somewhere. Like neck? Anywhere. But can you pinch somebody through clothes? Oh yeah. With these meaty things, look at this. I'll do it right now to you, Kier. No one's gonna like it. But anyway, he gets really upset about it. Yeah, I don't. Nobody. I don't like getting pinched. But imagine this. Imagine that angelic face getting really angry. Oh, I've never seen him even think about frowning. Right. It's the funniest thing in the world. He also dropped the most baller-ass business card of all time. What, does it just say your name or something? I'm going to, like, actually it does. There's, there's, no, there's no info on it. It's just green and big white letters that says Dave Lang. I mean, you can, we, you can find Dave Lang. He's a nemesis. Yeah. That's a good nemesis, by the way. I don't think I have a nemesis. But imagine yet. if your, your nemesis was the Minecraft music guy. That's pretty fucking good. I talked to him about board games once, and it got somewhat... And I'm not, like, a huge board game person, because I know people you who... You know what? That's good. You're holding down the board game contingent for Team GFE Radio this week. Like, I play... Like, I play a, like, a, like, to people who are not in the game industry, I play a lot of board games. Yeah. And then to people in the game industry, I understand that I barely play any. Gotcha. Um, but I got into a weird, like, combative... Like listing off games you haven't heard of. Well, see, you know, don't forget he's also lives in like the motherland of, of board games, Germany. Yeah. So he's gonna one. It's probably oddly territorial and proud of the German board game heritage. Two, he's just a horrible person that looks like a baby, and so no one, no one knows it but me. I'm like the only person that knows he's horrible because he looks like a little adorable baby, and you just want to hug him. I don't. I don't know about hug him. I mean, I, I, hugs a greeting for me at, at GDC. Like it's it's kind of you gotta. I want to swaddle him. You want to swaddle Daniel? I don't even know what that is. That's when you take a baby and you like wrap it in a wrap cocoon. It. So yes, like a papoose. Arm, so their arms are in and they can't get their arms out. It's because sometimes babies like when they're sleeping they scratch their face and yeah. they nails they just punch themselves. Yeah, do whatever. So this way they, that's called swaddling. So it's kind of like a straight jacket for babies or Daniel. I think I think there hasn't been enough like straight jacket indie merch. Because, like, there's all the fucking Letterman jackets and the denim jackets and all those all those yeah. new wave. And so should, instead of the uh, Megan doing the onesies, the GDC onesies. Yeah. GDC straight jacket. I don't have a onesie. They, have, they're selling them this year again. They do you have them. a onesie? No. that's So, okay, what if you get invited to a onesie party? I just don't go to that party. Mm, fair enough. That sounds like... Now, I don't want to judge anyone. Sounds yeah. like you've been to a onesie party. No, I haven't. No, my my uh, extended family goes to this like costume New Year's party every year, and um, 
it's or a theme New Year's party, but the theme is decided like for the next year there, and everybody okay. puts their names in the bowl, and then the people who host it pull it out, and the next year it's onesie, so they have to get like a family of four all onesied up. Because it seems to me. If I was going to a place that was like, hey, it's a onesie party, and I think I saw this on a Twitter thing today, someone was making fun of San Francisco, there was a like a screenshot of a Facebook event list mm-hmm. or something, and it was onesie bar crawl. That I, I don't like, think I don't see what's so bad about that because I bet you high concentration of fuckboys. Um, I've had a honestly like this has been one of my best trips in San Francisco. No, no, no. I, this is I, I had a lift. I had a lift with a guy who has made ninety six hundred knit hats in his life, and his and his lift car was swimming, yeah. swimming in those hats. No, I'm not, this is not commentary in San Francisco. This is commentary on if you are hanging out with a bunch of people, like you're with twenty people and they're all excited about wearing onesies. Higher concentration of fuckboys than normal. That's my assertion. Mm. I'm not. I'm not trying to measure them. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm not. Measuring okay, them. everyone. Kier's Canadian. Like if I walk into a club and it's full of fuckboys, I'm not going to be like, oh, there's too many. I got to leave. If anything, <laughs> if anything, that's kind of like, I don't know. That's making me look good, right? Uh, that's a way to look at it. What, uh, okay. You know what? This is this is one of the things reasonable people can disagree on. <laughs> yeah. You got your views. I got mine. Hey, let's hash it out, or just stop talking about it and change the topic. What is the uh, biggest mistake you made this GDC? Besides agreeing to do this podcast, um, biggest mistake. I went to a. Uh, you don't really want to offend your political connects. No, yeah. So like, I would. Yeah, yeah. Like I was. I was looking for something like. Well, I uh, forgot to eat lunch right before mm. something along those lines. Like, uh, I, I went. I only have work. one. Look I have work. one more clean shirt. Like I'm actually like, <laughs> I didn't blind this out properly, and yeah. Luckily, I haven't spilled a lot on myself. I'm in the same boat. Uh, I have. I was with. Uh, been gone for two weeks. So I had dice. Then we went to Napa, and then here, and I have one shirt that I'm like, oh, I'll wear this at Napa. It was like a polo and like really thin polo, mm-hmm. and it's like it's too cold to wear, so I'm not gonna wear. It, so I have to wear dirty clothes on the plane tomorrow. I mean, you're gonna be dirty on the plane, anyways. Like, you gotta shower as soon as possible, as soon as you get off that plane. Yeah, just my neighbors are probably not gonna be fans, but whatever. Do you guys have like a shared hot water tank or what? Uh, what do you mean? Why do your neighbors no, care? No, on the plane, sitting on, on the plane. Oh, okay. the funk. The funk will be flowing. <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> you won't be faking any funk. No, no, no. I'm just, uh, my funk will be dunking on them. <laughs> Just like I'm dunking on you What's next time we play basketball. Okay, so I ran into this New York uh, guy, NYU guy who plays basketball. So now we got three for the GDC charity game. Okay. Um, so you know what we got to do? How do we divide it, though? We should do like USA a, versus the world? USA Canada, I was going to say. Well, there's going to be more people. No, you got to do USA versus the world. USA versus the world? Yeah, like the rookie uh, sophomores, not sure. USA versus the world. So yeah, well, then uh, it will be, the score will be... 5,000 USA, the world six. There's a court close to here, too. We will dunk on you. You know there's a court, right? Have you ever seen me dunk? No. It's fun. I haven't seen you with a basketball. <laughs> uh, man, I actually have been playing a lot of basketball lately because uh, my son has been playing. Yeah, I've been seeing that. Yeah. And uh, so I've actually been working with him a lot. And uh, let's say the touch the touch never left, Kier. Are you, are you getting him, like, prepared? Like, are you bullying him? Are you, like... No, so basically he's... He is a head taller than every kid out on the court. and But he's like, okay, my kids are like this. My 13-year-old girl <clears throat> is a diva. She's like, she's just, 
everything is about her and she can't leave the house without a purse and three sunglasses diva diva all in the boys now that's the you know she's definitely yours then yeah cute that's fucking cute what man wow 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 like you know i can see that joke percolating the yellow smile on your face and you delivered good job uh my boy is 10 and he is the sweetest kid in the whole world he is just nice and he, he never like that being said he's also like everything he touches turns to ash so he's like sweet but he just can't quite get it right he can't quite get it together ella the eight-year-old is mean She's the reason we stopped having children. She's a, she's evil, mean baby. So where I was going with this, Royce, uh, really big, but not aggressive at all, not competitive. He's just a sweetheart. And I'm like, he's like trying to shoot. And all that. I'm like, dude, all you have to do is get offensive rebounds. Yeah. That's all you need to do. So every time I work with him, we usually go to the game an hour before the coach shows up. <laughs> Shit. And you got you to gotta prepare for the big leagues, eh? He likes it. He likes doing it. It's fun. And uh, it's just not with me. I say he likes doing it. It's fun. I can see him right now. <laughs> no. Now, all we do is work on uh, boxing out, work on teaching. Like, even stuff like, okay, the ball is there. You're defending me. Where should you be standing? You know, mm-hmm. getting it so he's, like, you know, between man ball, but he's far enough away. Like, don't don't chase him around the court. If he's like 30 from the basket, who cares? He's not going to score from out there. He's six. Yeah, you get six-year-olds aren't making cross-court passes. Like. Yeah. So just sag back in the lane, help out. Because the way they, the, the pattern of these games is usually each team has one to two kids with really pretty good handles. And all they do is set picks for that one kid, and he drives to the hoop. And that's their one play every team has. And then if he misses, rebounds the other chance. So I'm trying to get Royce to uh, get really good at rebounding, and he's making a lot of improvements. Um, but yeah, just like you know, like we have this. I tell, here's what. What do you think of rebounding? Here's what I tell him. What do you think of this advice? I say rebounding is two things: it's technique and mindset. That's all it is. You have to want the ball more than anyone else. Which hey, Royce? Which rebounds are yours? He says all of them. That's always the right answer. He says all of them. And then when he's actually playing, he just kind of like watches the ball bounce around. He's so cute. But anyway, so that's that's me. Because let's say to my hoops, how I think about hoops. Kier, I know you were like more of a three, two slash three. Well, I was play, I was playing big till I was in high school. Like I was five ten in grade seven, and then grew like two more, three more inches yeah. since then. So I, I have the hook shot. I got the rebounding. I'm not athletic. I'm taking charges. Because you know what they have that they have, do have that GDC Run Club. Are you up on that? The, the yeah, Salt I I know I'm not doing that either. I'm not doing something at GDC where I don't win. Like if there's not a possibility of me, I guess I could outrun them. Yeah, you could be but I'm not gonna be outrunning. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's a bad idea at a lot of levels. Yeah. Like, uh, I can't do it because like that's I think that it's pushing the limits of my of my jogging. But like they said, they run like a ten minute mile pace. Ten minute mile. But they hit a lot, so it's like miles and a uh, two point. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a three it's a three mile leg. Oh, okay. so they go down so they go down to the water, then they stretch, they take pictures, and they jog back. And I was thinking, okay, ten minute miles. When I that's six miles an hour, right? So when I jog, I do bursts when I'm on the treadmill, and my peak is six, and I can run six minutes for five minutes or six miles per hour for five minutes, and then I got to take a, like a three minute cool down or whatever. I was thinking it might work because all the red lights they got to stop at and shit. 
but Mike said, "There's no, there, nope. There's that time of day. There's no red lights. It's just a straight jog down." Mike, he's almost killed him, so there's no way I can handle it. But where I was going with this, GDC Hoop Club. Yeah, no, I wanted. I'd do a charity game. Why does it got to be charity with you? Why can't we just play? Because well, you gotta want to win. Or like, what are we gonna like? What are you gonna publish a game? Like, no, I'm <laughs> like, what are you gonna play for boost space? Like, no, you you'll know I dunked on you. <laughs> well, yeah, we also, every time I see you for the rest of your life, yeah. I'm gonna. Hey, remember that time we beat you 86 to nine? I, well, I, I don't. We, we gotta figure out: Are we doing West Coast, East Coast? Are we doing? Maybe we, we just. Maybe we do uh, oldies versus youngies. Maybe we do uh, like hair and hair and bald people. I'm up for that. I mean, I'm up for. I, I could be on your team. Anything? I could no, be. No, I no, ca- nope. Nope. <laughs> we are on opposite teams. Whatever the arrangement is, we, we, yeah. we, we, we could do. We, we could do captains. captains. Yeah. yeah, we could do it like the schoolyard. Yeah. Uh, shirts, calling shirts. Also. Um, oh, fuck, I hate being the greasy shirtless guy. One, two, three. Just like that's experience right there. Coming yeah. Through. Oh, they're the worst because yeah. they're so greasy and they're always in the post. And they're leaning on you. Yeah, they're leaning on you. Yeah, uh, like their forearms is like, and they're probably hairy, and it's like you got your forearm in them, checking them. Yeah, keeping them, keeping them off, trying to give them a little distance, and just getting slimed up. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. You definitely gotta be wiping your forearm. Like if you're if you're playing defense like a shirtless guy, as soon as you your team gets the ball, you need to be wiping all that sweat off because yeah. the ball will just go through you quicker than a yeah. Jack in the Box burrito. I don't know. So. Wow, that's that's evocative. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but yeah, no, I'd be up for it. And there's that NYU guy that, whose name is escaping me that worked on Sports Friends. Um, uh, Romero, I think so. Yeah. He's yeah. tall. Oh, there's Doug Wilson. No. So there's Romero, there's Doug Wilson, there's Noah, and it wasn't Noah, I know that for a fact. And the other's one more guy, Fudge. Uh, Benedict. I can't remember his last name. It's 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 Romero. Yeah, but he's and he was like, Oh, if you come to New York, it, like make sure you're good because I have a reputation for bringing trash like white players with me. To the- <laughs> <laughs> he lives in Harlem. He lives in Okay. What's the Harlem? A Rucker Park? He plays a Rucker? No, I don't think he plays a Rucker. He's just like, it's just like it's three and three some of the time, and I was like, he's probably not playing in a popular court, but um, yeah, I think it'd be fun. Yeah. And and there's a court like on like Fifth and yeah. like Market. I don't know Mission, some street like that. <clears throat> um, what was the shortest meeting you did? Um, it's a good question. Uh, the shortest meeting. Okay, there's a bunch of. Boy, I could talk for three hours about this topic. Meetings. What are they? You're chopping it up. You're putting it down. You're lifting them up and you're picking it up. And you're making things happen. You're flipping it around here in these meetings. Um, my shortest meeting is probably 15 minutes. We met with someone who does receivables financing. and that's what, like, what is that? Receivables financing is... Uh, so, like, you know, if you have, like, a business and you're at a bank. And they say, like, oh, yeah, you have... Uh, X number is that someone knocking on the door here? No, it's not us. Um, and if they have, uh, you have like X dollars of revenue a month in milestone payments or whatever. Yeah. Right. We can give you a line of credit uh, because one of the problems with running a studio when you're when you're like constantly doing work for hire stuff, is sometimes people just don't pay you on time. Sometimes you miss a milestone. Sometimes it's late. And if money's tight or whatever, uh, you you can't you know, you can't afford to miss payroll or whatever. So your bank will give you a line of credit. That is for us, huh? Okay. Well, we're going live. Um, let's go live on it. Let's go record let's, on it. Let's uh, pick up a new passenger for the let's question get, bus. Let's get, let's get a friend. I feel like you invited Liam. No, we should not invite Liam. Liam wouldn't be on the podcast anyway. 
Hello. Hello. Mr. Oh, Lam? Yeah. Uh, this is a uh, complimentary election. Thank you very much. You're Thank welcome. You. Appreciate okay, it. Got some snacks, Kier. Oh, look at that. Look at that. It's almost like you knew I was coming. Well, no, you know what it is? This is what you get when you stay at Star Wars Properties 125 nights in one year. Oh, this is some, like, yeah, rewards bullshit? Yeah, it's the count. Yeah. Uh, they look okay, though. Um, so I guess... I mean, are you going to eat all of these, or are we going to, like, taste test live on the podcast? What did you, do, what did you taste test them? Um, well, this one, this dark chocolate, white chocolate with purple. Let's, let's go, uh, let's let's go, go with that. Ooh. Didn't expect the center. No. It, it gooshed. I like it. Gooshes. What are your thoughts? Um... Is that supposed to be caramel on the inside, but it's like a liqueur? It's like, yeah, it's like a liqueur. It's like a it's caramel like a, liqueur? Chocolate, I was going to say chocolate liqueur, but... Um, that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the white the white hits you after. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you want to want white you want white chocolate first. And the very end, the white dabs on you. Yeah. Very end. Yeah. Um, so, you get a line of credit from the bank, and whatever, they charge you some really small interest rate for yeah. it. And... Um, the banks feels pretty good about it because like, oh, they look at your history. Oh, for the last three years, you've had X number of dollars in revenue every month. Mm-hmm. So, so, so they have some confidence you're not going to... And they, they do stuff like they look at where it comes from. Like, are your partners Microsoft and Sony, these huge companies? Or are they fucking like Devolver Digital or fuckboys like them? Does <laughs> <laughs> Devolver like take all... like? Huh? Do they steal a bunch... When you guys were doing indie publishing, do they steal all the games that Here's you wanted the thing. to do? Here's the thing about Devolver Digital. I like them all except Nigel. He's the one. He's right? trouble. Yeah, Nigel's he's, trouble. He's always around. Oh, we gave booth space to this people. Like, yeah. Oh, it's too bad you weren't here five minutes ago. I just gave out booth space. Yeah. Uh, but a, a receivables financing is different. So receivables financing, they're actually, what they do is they buy milestones from you on a one-off basis. So say like, um, you know, say you have like 10 milestones in this project and each one is X dollars, right? What you do with receivables financing is you'll set up a third bank account that's like escrow, mm-hmm. and the milestone payments will get paid into that bank account, okay? And then you'll talk to the receivables financer, and you say, um, okay, then, oh boy, I'm doing a bad job explaining this. I'm no, it's, it's making sense so far. Like, you right. you have money coming in at so, indeterminate so, time. So it comes into, it comes into its third-party bank account, and if there's no, uh, there's nothing, you haven't done anything with the receivables financing yet, it just gets passed through back to your bank account. So just like it does a quick stop at that other one, uh, then mechanically it gets passed on through. Now, if you know you have a receivable coming in, typically when we invoice, we know we have a receivable coming in. And invoices get paid contractually 30 to 90 days, depending on who you're dealing with. And oftentimes they get paid much later than that, because people are fuckboys. Um... What you can do is say, hey, I want you to buy that this receivable. So I don't have the money for it yet, but it's coming. Here's the invoice. Uh, so I want, and generally they'll give you like 70% of X, whatever the X is. So I'd like 70% of X, and so you buy this receivable from me. So then they transfer from their account mm-hmm. 70% of X into yours. And you just keep running your business like normal. When X hits your account, they deduct like 70, 70% plus their fee, and they pass the rest to you, and they keep it. Oh, okay, and so, their fee is a percentage of the money, or is it like a per? Yeah, it's a it's, it's a percentage of the money. It has to be pretty small. Uh, no, it's actually this receivables financing is much more expensive than a line of credit. The great news about it, if so, a line of credits people don't like 
when you're doing, uh, say someone wants to invest in the company. Mm-hmm. Tencent wants to buy 5% of Iron Galaxy. They hate line of credits because it's an indeterminate debt they're taking on, right? We could always just jack up out of line of credit. With receivables financing, you just turn that off instantly, right? Um, so like 10, 10 cent would want to turn that off? The line of, yeah, so it's like, because the line of credit, people want, um, like they want to know all your debt you're, you, you have. They want to know uh, all this stuff. And so they, you, would, you would, typically when these things happen, it's like, it's like, you know, when you buy a house, you can't apply for a credit card until the house, or you say you're supposed to buy a car, mm-hmm. uh, you don't apply for a credit card, don't anything to change your credit rating or makes it yeah. jump up and down, right? It's for the same reason. They want to make sure that like, hey, we didn't agree, I'm buying you for X dollars, Kier, but I didn't know at the time you were going to turn around and then borrow $100,000 from the bank or whatever. So now I owe the bank $100,000 or whatever. So that's it's just for a, a thing. So from that res- perspective, uh, accounts receivable financing is just better. And... Uh, it also gives you <clears throat> like these these guys are just different than banks and they know people that do investments as well so it's just a different crowd it's more like an investment crowd versus mm. a banking crowd so you're rolling with um, and that was my shortest one I was, we we talked to this guy once before and he had some interest in doing something with him and then Adam came on I just wanted Adam to meet him and say hi to him yeah so Adam met him and uh, and Adam sells the deal no we didn't we're not gonna do it yet and we might not ever do it but uh, I just wanted to add him to meet the guy because he'll be dealing with Adam, not me, on that stuff. So, so what what are some like meeting GDC meeting faux pas that you experience more often um, than you wish? Here's my so the problem with GDC meetings, any conference meetings, are this. Generally, you have like if you're a publisher, you have probably upwards of like twenty meetings a day. If you're a developer, like I, we have six to ten meetings a day um if one's late you either have to shortchange someone or it gets, it's like a plane being delayed right yeah. it just fucks up the, that route for the whole day and so uh we try to be super strict about time and blah 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 blah, blah. like we're not gonna keep this to a half hour no matter what but sometimes you do get into uh like a really interesting discussion and you want to keep going and so then you have stuff like that. So I, I, but I hate, I hate when people fuck up my timeline. That's my number one dateline faux pas. Other thing I hate is when I wake up in the morning for breakfast. I have a breakfast meeting. Yeah. And I probably went to bed at like four a.m. Mm-hmm. I just st- probably still drunk. Yeah. Or didn't even sleep. Or didn't even sleep. And then I check my mail, or I get a, see, see my phone. And there's a text from like three a.m. from the guy, and he canceled breakfast. So. If you don't let me know before I go to bed, you can you cancel a morning meeting on me? That's fuckboy status. You're a fuckboy. So how early are you? Do you want that message? I want it's before I go to bed. So I. But you like, just said you went so, to bed so, at four, so, so if I, and he sent at three. Well, yeah, but that's like okay, that's a fair point. So what I do is I do it before dinner. If I'm going to do that to somebody, like, okay, I'm probably going to be out super late and I feel exhausted. Uh, I better cancel my ten o'clock with whatever, right? Um, I did that yesterday. I was supposed to have a 10 a.m. meeting today, and I canceled it. It's 4 p.m. yesterday. Um, yeah, that's a faux pas. I would say um, people who just want to do check-in meetings I don't like, mm. like meetings without an agenda. Yeah. Like, we're going to talk about thing X, Y, or Z. Uh, we need resolution on question B about you guys. It's just like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, the first meeting with someone is always like that. 
But then if I just did that for you three months ago, you don't, not much else has changed, right? Uh, so if you, anytime someone has a meeting for me and I find out they don't want to talk about something specific, I'm always bummed out. Can you just be over aggressive about what you're talking about? What do you mean? Like just walk in and when he says, how's it going? You just respond with exactly what you want to know? No, because uh, you can never burn bridges in business. You can never be like, oh, I see what you're saying. So yeah, but like the, so, so you're thinking about this a little wrong. So it's not that it's like someone books a meeting with you. Uh, if it's if they're really good at their jobs, it's like, and I want to talk about thing X. Okay, great. That doesn't happen most time. Most time, someone books a meeting with you, and you show up, and you're like expecting them. Okay, you wanted this meeting. What's it about? Like they have something they want to go, and that's the vast majority of the time. Sometimes you go there, and it's like, let's just catch up. Let's talk. I miss you. I miss your jokes. And you can't be a dick about it. You can't be like, oh, I don't have time for this shit. One, because you don't have another meeting for another half hour anyway. So where are you gonna go? Uh, two, this, this guy is like a uh, guy or girl or whatever. They're like, you know, they might stink at their job. They might be at a company you don't care about, but they might change jobs in a year. All of a sudden, they might be at Microsoft. They might be the person you have to deal with at PlayStation. And so you just have to be like, okay, let's get you caught up. And all the whole while, you're dying inside. How do you, how do you tell what meetings to take, like in your situation? Uh, so for us, so we're... The thing I love about our company more than anything else is we do so much different stuff. Like we do firefighting, we do tech consulting, we do ports, we do original IP stuff. Uh, and so, like if you're a normal game studio and you're looking for funding, right? Because 90% of the meetings are like, we need money to do something. Yeah. Con- convince us, con- let us, let us convince you you should spend your money on us. Um, the, uh, like, you come up with a pitch and it's probably a demo or some videos or something and you show every publisher you think will be interested in it uh, that those materials and if they all say no not interested you kind of don't have anything else to talk to them about until the next time you've got something to pitch and probably either you worked on that some more or you came up with a brand new pitch and coming up with a pitch and a demo that's not a quick process right and because oftentimes you, you, the thing you make is bullshit. You know it's bullshit. You can't pitch bullshit. So you might have to throw it out and try it again, right? So it's generally like, I think it's a year to come up with another good pitchable thing, in my experience. So you're not, you don't get to talk to publishers for another year now. But if you're us, we sit down and say, okay, what games do you have that have to ship and are on fire? Can we help with those? Uh, how, what do you guys, what's your PS4 Pro plan? How are you going to do it? You want to, because we, we can do that for you if you don't want to fuck around with it. Um, do you have any games you want to ported? Are there any current? Are there any games being done now uh, that you would like on other platforms? We can do that for you too. Okay, cool. Let us show you this pitch we have for this game we want to make. Just uh, while you're there, or we, what, do you want to do? Yeah, do you want to see our pitch for this thing? Sometimes they say no. We don't care about that. Do you have any RFPs you we should be talking about? An RFP, RFP is a request for proposal. It's when a publisher has like we want you to make oh say like Madden 2019 or whatever it is. Right. Obviously, that's not a real RFP but like and they would so they send the RFP to like six or seven studios six or seven studios would give them hey here's what we would do with Madden 2019 yeah this like, is what we'd spend yeah this is what we spend here's the head count whatever uh, and do you which when they pick one of them right but we always like the question you have is like making sure people know you want to do RFPs because not every studio wants to do them and so we're always like do you have any RFPs coming down the pipe which would so I, oh we'd love to be in on that one 
and you start talking about what they're going for. And you get because RFPs are generally you have a couple weeks to prepare them, and we're slow at that kind of stuff. So finding out like that they're going to do a 2019 Madden RFP, we start thinking about it now and what what would we do or whatever, right? So uh, that's normally what meetings are like for us. And because we do so much different shit, we can talk to people like every three months. We talk to every major publisher every three months. Just because we, it's always like, there's never a meeting where none of the, like none of them are interested in none of those things, mm. right? They all are like, oh, we need this code dev thing. We need help with this. Like right now we're helping Jaeger do Dreadnought for PS4. And it's their game. They're making it for six foot. But we're doing a lot of junk on console. And uh, that's just like, example just coming to a show like this, not really knowing what to expect. I think it was GDC last year we first started talking about that thing, right? And now it's like 25 people are on that, on our side. So, uh, good chunk of work, but... So, I guess, I guess, like, your GDC strategy, company-wise, you're involved in so many things. Like, do you think that's applicable to people other than what you're doing in your situation? We're a very like, unique situation. If you do multiple things, is that something you should be bringing up in yeah, so, every meeting? Well, I mean, it depends. So, it, you got to... Every... It comes down to your identity who you are as a studio, right? If you're, say, that game company, you want to change the world through creativity and make great games in the process, right? That's like one of their mandates. We, our, our only goal in our galaxy is to stay in business for 100 years. We want to be a game company you can retire from. We don't want to, like, put out a couple games, then put one out and it doesn't go as well as we hoped, and now we got to lay everybody off. Like, that's not what we want to do. And so everything we do is around stability. And so that's why we have so many projects going on at once, because if one of them goes away, it's something we can recover from, right? If Microsoft were to turn around and cancel Killer Instinct today, we'd be fine, right? So we just find stuff for that team to do. They can probably help out on the other projects while we're looking. Um, it's just recoverable. And so because of that, if uh, and that's also not something a lot of studios like to do. Most studios are studios because they want to make a game. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got this game in my head and it has to get out. That kind of thing, right? Um, now, we still do that. We pitch original games. We come up with ideas. But it's never... It's like one of seven things we're doing at the time. So, yeah. So, in our situation, all we do is we're walking through people. Like, the the pit... The, the, basically, the Iron Galaxy deck is like... Uh, 17, 18 pages long and it's just like we did this, we did this, we did this, we did this, we did this and it's like we're trying to hit them with like oh my god you did all these things look at all these different how, yeah. so do you have any projects like Dreadnought you would need help with do you have any things like Killer Instinct a game you, we could just take out original stuff and do uh, junk like that so so so, so in I like how this turned from GFB into the question bus <laughs> well we can go back okay. that's the thing the bus always has a return trip oh gotta drop the kids off at the pool then go back to the station. I, yeah, better get your transfer ready. Okay. Um, so with with a lot of these meetings, you, you mentioned a deck. You've mentioned a deck in a very playful way in oh. the past. Is it like, are you sitting down and kind of showing the this, this same deck to a lot of people just to keep everybody up to date? And is that like, does that save you a bunch of meeting time? So it's decks are really important on a couple levels. Um, so you end up... Uh, I think most people would be surprised how many publishers there are. Um, there's probably, like, we had meetings between DICE and GDC. We probably had 35 meetings total, right? And most of them were with publishers. You would be like, there's not that many publishers out there, but there are, like, Korea, Japan. There's, they're all, like, just ones you've never heard of, right? Yeah, Eastern Europe. Yeah, but they, yeah, exactly. Like, we, have, we met one, 
met Focus Home Entertainment for the first time. And they're a really big uh, European publisher based out of France. They did like Farming mar- farming Simulator or whatever. So they're a big thing, right? And uh, But yeah, it's like, and so you make a deck and it shows off your strengths. The real power of the deck is if the person liked it, you get, you send it to them after the show and then they have it. And so they can, say, hey, they can send it to a team. Like, I fucking met these guys and they were rad. And they can just send them the deck and forward it to them. So then that person can see it and that person can see it. So you want to design it so it's something you can present, but it's also something that stands on its own and conveys all of the information you want. And do you ever send the deck, like, at the end of the meeting? Yeah. I have one more question. What's your email address? Well, you first, the thing you do in the meeting, first thing you do in the meeting is the business cards. That's the first. So you've already got the email. You've already hashtag yeah. got them. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, Decks usually contain stuff like like ours contain just but really simple information that anyone could Google. But why make them? It's like we have studios in Chicago and Orlando. We have 120 people. Uh, we've used every game engine in the world. We've worked on every platform in the world. You know, list platforms, stuff like that. Um, a lot of people want to know like what kind of what's your specialty, um, and we don't really have one. We just kind of do everything. So that's like, but that would be normally information that would go there. A lot of deck our deck contains information about me, Adam, and Chelsea. Because people want to know, hey, who are the who are the decision makers in this process? So we all have a little bio in there, and then it just gets straight into the games we did. So we're all doing, yeah. So if if that original, if one of your original projects does get picked up, you get the funding you want. Like how? I imagine that's a bit of a logistical shit show. Because it's way. like you're going to need probably ninety people. Oh yeah, so like, like, is it just like everybody, like you, some have to move everybody off Killer Instinct? Like, what do you? Yeah, so it's we don't pitch things that big. Oh okay. Uh, like I think most games we pitch for, well, all of our pitches now, the budget for the game is somewhere between three to ten million dollars, and that would be a team of, you know, twenty five to fifty, for a long period of time, which is still a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, and what we would do in this, so but we do like we don't pitch something if we don't have a plan on how to staff it, if we don't know because like again the, we do, uh, it's not like we're making this game at all costs. It's hey, in uh, nine months I need to find a new gig for two of my teams, and there's 19 people on those two teams, and here's what they look like. Okay, there's some artists, there's some designers, there's programmers, whatever it is, audio person. Uh, Okay, what do we have that can, this team could do? And you just kind of look at the pitches you've done. It's like, oh, we never got this one signed, but people liked it. Let's dust it off and clean it up and make some tweaks to it. Just because it's for that team, right? And then you probably, like, in this case, we would need to hire another 10 people. We'd probably do contractors because uh, we don't, you know, I think I like the size we're at now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a good question. Like, like this, uh, one of my, uh, there's a studio called Grin in Stockholm. Well, actually, they were, so their main studio was in Stockholm. They also had a studio in Barcelona and another one somewhere in Germany. I can't remember the name of it. And I was really impressed with them because they they did they did a bunch of ports. They did, like, the Ghost Recon 2 PC port, which I really liked, and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, and then they signed three huge games at once. They signed Bionic Commando. They signed Taken. No, not Taken. Um... Same Angelina Jolie, Bullet Salt. No, no, the the one where they're like hitmen mythological. There's like a loom that tells them who to kill. 
Oh, brother. Why am I going to butcher this? With Angelina Jolie in it? Yes, with Angelina Jolie. Tomb Raider? No. Uh, I've got to look this up. Hold on. Kier, why don't you talk for a minute? Why don't you talk about all this business? What do you, what do you get? So you're, are you out of Darkest Dungeon Land or are you still in there? Oh, I'm still in there. Yeah, we got, we got mod support almost done and, and DLC coming soon. So I got plenty of Darkest Dungeon stuff uh, to be working on. Hold on. So is that, like, are you doing just that wanted? Oh, wanted. Wanted. Um, are you doing just that or are you doing other things? Uh, like pretty much just that or? most of the time. I mean, I'm always tinkering, kind of, um, Working on on side stuff just just to stay fresh because because there's a certain amount of it's just like when you work on one project it's just certain ways things are and th- changing that would be risky yeah so it's kind of nice to just do other things in an isolated sandbox that won't fuck up a bunch of people's right lives if it goes wrong yep. yep so yeah so working on 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 always working on side stuff I'm kind of big proponent of that. Um, but yeah, talking about stuff, and then trying to figure out my future with that. Yeah. Um, okay. Now back to this. Back to me, the really interesting person here. So Grin had Bio Commando wanted, and they were doing Wanted out of Barcelona, and they were doing a Terminator game for the movie at the time. These were big games. So they went from like a team, a very small team, to several hundred people over the period of a couple months, Jeez. like really fast. And then the, the, I think the first one came out was, was it, maybe it was even Bionic Commando. And it didn't do well. And then they had, they signed a game with another company that's probably well, you can Google this. Like, they had a really problem. I think it was with Square Enix. Um, they were doing some, like, action Final Fantasy game. And they ended up canceling that, and they didn't get anything else signed, and they closed all three studios. And I'm like, oh, wow, this thing I thought was really cool, the way this company flipped from being, like, porting to doing all original stuff I was like everyone told me you can't do that like they did it what are these people fucking talking about I'm gonna do that with my company and then luckily I was working with them the whole time and I saw it just all like crumble and go south and I love Bo I love Ulf I love the Grins I like, this, is not, this is not commentary on them like they're some of my favorite people but it happened you know and uh, I'm like okay under no circumstances are we doing anything like that so like in the situation you say like you get funding for 90 people it's like I wouldn't even pitch for that Right? There's no way I would I would put us in a position where... Because then if you think about it too, if we're... Like, Killer Instinct is a little over half the studio. So, technically speaking, if that does go away, it's not as easy as just like, uh, oh yeah, we just help out on the things we're doing or whatever. It would be a problem. But, um, that, like, I couldn't imagine putting myself in that situation even worse or whatever. Like, it'd be, it'd be, it would be manageable with KI, because, uh, I mean, the truth is, even with KI, it comes, it ebbs and flows, right? We did season two. There was a lull figuring out what season three should be. We started season three. Season three is officially done, but we're still, like, launching characters and shit, right? So, uh, it's it, even within KI, it ebbs and flows. It's not, like, it's not like someone's on KI, and they're sitting at a desk, and there's nothing... We're done making characters. Well, the character designers aren't still on KI. They moved on to something else at that point, right? So yeah. Um, yeah, and I also imagine you guys have probably figured out how to make KI by now. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. I bet the the team size is more lean and efficient than. No, it's it's like the KI like AAA. Everyone, I think, people who do have only ever done indie games don't understand how. Why does it take seventy five people to make a fighting game? 
That doesn't make any sense. That's impossible. No, I... I no, I'm not saying you, but I'm yeah. saying, like... And I agree. I don't understand it either. Until you look at what every single person does, it's like, how many people touch one character, right? So here's here's the process for this. is like... Uh, Microsoft or us have an idea for a character we want to do. Like Kilgore, right? We want to do, like, a retro take on Fulgore. It's going to be a prototype thing. Da-da, and we hash it out together... And that's like their creative directors, our lead designer, and our project director. And they're like, okay, we're all agreed. This is what this character is going to be at a very high level, right? Then goes to the concept artist in our studio. And here's what it looks like. And then it goes back and forth to the concept artist in that group until they all agree, yep, this is what Kilgore's going to look like. Cool. Then it goes off. Then everyone starts, basically. Uh, modelers start. Animators start. Um... We start with a rough sculpt, which is like just a it's all it's a it's the it's like a, a couple days to come up with a rough sculpt just to get something in the game. Um, then animators start going; they start handing off animations to the, uh, to the combat designers. Combat designers start scripting and implementing them in the engine. Meanwhile, you have programmers uh, fixing like looking for desyncs in the online code for that character, doing AI for that character, working on the shadow system for that character, integrating them into Shadow Lords, that game mode. What missions should Kilgore be in? Uh, should he be a boss? Whatever it is. Then, okay, this is happening. And the character, character modeler is done. Okay, great. Now, textures this person. Now it goes to textures and you paint and you do all this shit. Then, okay, we need the tech artist to come in and do like cloth if there's cloth on them or whatever and we also need particle effects all these things need particle effects and it's like and then the lighters come in and the lighters say okay because we do for ki we kind of hand wire the lighting per character per level it's really arduous it's a lot of work but it looks really good um but somebody has to do all that shit right and all these things take time and so over the course and then then it's okay now all those things have happened now you get someone has to make the data bundle that's going to go on Xbox Live and put it in the test store and test and download it. Then QA has to play it. And QA finds all these problems with it. Then our expert players play with them to figure out if there's balance issues. It's completely broken. And that whole circle loops around again and again and again. It's like on any one character in KI, I bet 35 people have worked on every character, right? And that's how you end up with 75 people making a fighting game. Because you're doing... Couple. You're doing several characters at once. You're also doing backgrounds. You're doing online modes. Da 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 da. So on and so on. Um, and uh, it takes us about three months to do a character from start to finish. Get them where it's like ready to go for three to four months. Yeah. So just like that. Give but, away. That, but that that process has improved over the two well, years. People have gotten better at doing it, but you still need all those people. It's not like now like. Uh, you know, oh, the, the lighting guy does the particles. He's figured it out. There's still like, no, we have a guy who's great at doing particles and loves doing those particles. Um, so much of it, too, is approvals. It's, so it's not that the work is like faster. Like They might be faster, but it hasn't gone from four months to two months. And the reason for that is every single step in the way, like we need everyone, to, everyone on the team and Microsoft, we look at it, we say, okay, is this a true to the original intent? Is this what we wanted? This doesn't feel right. And if something's wrong, like we stop working and we fix that's wrong, like this character just isn't fun, or whatever it is, you know, which has never happened to us, ha ha ha. Um, or programming might say like, hey hey hey, uh, there's way too many fucking particles. We're dropping frames online or whatever it is. Like, okay, stop, 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 stop. We gotta fix that. 
just even Microsoft approvals, IP approvals uh, for some of them. Like the, you know, anytime you're working on someone else's IP, there's usually someone at the publisher who's like the IP expert. And they, it's their job to know everything about like Fulgore and Fulgore's history. And you can even just find like something like that. Like they have to sign off on it. And they might be on vacation or whatever. You might, so there's just things that slow the process down. It's usually like approvals. It's usually working with all the different departments and uh, just getting that lined up. So people are better at their job, but it still takes the exact same amount of time. Are you, is your company like won and lost on console cycles? Like when console cycles happen or is that like the, we, we the love, time for change? Or? We love console cycles. For us, uh, when no one knows what they're doing, that is a great time for us to go in and help. It's also a great time for us because uh, porting games from like last gen to this gen is something that happens at the beginning of a console cycle. Like publishers like, shit, we don't have any games coming out on Xbox One. Let's get Borderlands on Xbox One. And then, you know, hey, who could help with that? Oh, our Galaxy did the Vita version. Get them to do this one or whatever, right? And so it just generates business for us that isn't there at the end of the cycle. So it's well, helping people is still there. It's just a very specific, it's like at the beginning, we, we, it's, it's something we can, we can leverage in a cool way. So like, because we generally work with Microsoft and Sony a lot, and now we're working on switch stuff too, we get stuff early. We get kits before anybody. We had Xbox one kits. I think we were like the fifth studio in North America to get Xbox one kits because we were working on D4 and Crimson Dragon with Swery and Access and Groundling and all those guys. Land Ho. Uh, we were the uh, first external dev, not a publisher, to learn about the Wii U. Because WB1 talked to us about doing something on the Wii U. Um, PS4, same shit, right? Like, just goes on because people know we touch all these games. And then, we, we so we can say then, so you can't, like, uh, NDAs something you have to take very seriously especially in a business setting especially on a podcast yeah, especially on a podcast well, so when I'm in a business meeting I can't say hey we're doing Borderlands 2 for the Xbox One can't say that until it's announced once announced I can say we're doing it because then say, say you're talking to like Activision and they're like oh shit Borderlands 2 is coming to the Xbox One I might change what we're doing Modern Warfare if I know whatever you know bad example but there you go um, but I do say like we are working on Xbox One launch title. It's a shooter, uh, and we're going to hit the launch window. And then they know we're doing Xbox One shit. And they know we probably have kits. And someone else bought them for us, so they don't have to buy them. And so... <laughs> Is that really, like, a... It depends on, the, like, PS4 gave pretty much kits for free. Xbox One's been really good about it. Switch, you have to buy your own kits. But, like, wouldn't the kits be minimal in the... And the amount of money they're paying you to port? I mean, I mean, it all adds up. I mean, if you got to buy iron... So, like, again, we're talking about projects that are... You know, if we... So again, like, someone like Killer Instinct, it's 75 people, and a lot of it's online, we probably have over 100 dev kits just for KI. And if that's... Those are... I don't, know what they, I don't even know what they cost. I've never bought one. But, like, a couple grand. Like, last gen, they were insanely expensive, right? If we would have had to buy 100 fucking 360 kits... That that would be, I think that, that would have been a significant amount of money, right, to anybody. So you're right. Like, it's if you're gonna if you're committed, like the thinking is correct. Where it's like, uh, hey, we're investing X already. What what's X plus Y, right? Yeah. It would Y is a small number compared to X. But 
every little edge helps in getting stuff done. Um, and it'll take all the little edges you can get. I've heard, a very smart person once told me, you either win or lose in life by the number of little edges you get. Little Is edges. that person, would you say they're winning in life? No, that person was not winning in life. So they're an expert at the losing because they don't have little edges. How long have you been making games? I started making games in... got my first computer in the... No, no, professionally. Oh, professionally? Uh, I started in 1996. When are you going to stop? Uh, I don't plan. Well, I, st- I don't make games anymore. So no, but like when are you when are you when are you done? What's know. the retirement? When I plan the, the first hit, probably I can Go walk out on top, from, walk away from it all. The minute that's what I keep telling everybody, man. Better hope I never get paid because when I get paid, no one's going to see me and I'm going to fucking disappear, and no one's going to see or hear from me ever again. You're laughing. I'm serious. I don't fucking like this shit at all. You don't, I got, like, you don't like going to San Francisco? No. No, I do not. I just gotta, I'm going to be on an island somewhere. Just making fun of everyone still working. It's going to be good. Trust me. Is that part of the deck? No, that's not part of the deck. It's like if this all goes well, you never have to see me again. Part of the part of the deck is uh, I have a unique passion for games. I've made games my whole life. And I've worked on 300 games, whatever it is. A bunch of top IPs. Uh, done a lot of really cool things. And I'm so hungry to keep doing it for you. I'm thirsty for your game, Kurt. 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 <laughs> I almost said someone's name I was actually talking to at the show. I can't change it to a Kurt. Was it Carl? Um, Who can say? Have you, have you won an award and got to go on stage? Never won an award. We've been nominated for, I think, Dice Awards for the last four years in a row. If you win, are you going on stage? Uh, I would probably depends on uh, probably not anymore. I would not go up on stage. I would probably let like it was Killer Instinct. I think Craig, Chad, Daryl, and Adam Hart, and maybe that, that's that, that. Those are the no brainers that should go. There's probably some more people I'd throw in there if there was room for them. So yeah, I think you get ten seats at a dice table. So we'd fill it up with like you know ten of the most the largest contributors to KI, and yeah, but I wouldn't go. I don't need the acclaim here. Don't need it. Don't want it. Frankly, I like people thinking I'm a goof. Don't want to get up there and say nice things about people. I just thought you'd want to get up there and let them know. Oh no, I'll let them know after. Oh, from the you'll hear, you'll hear yeah. in the crowd somebody yelling "Get fucked." This is what Twitter's for. Yeah. I would come up with a sick... Would you change your Twitter bio? Uh, Dice award winner. Dice Lang. AIAS award winner. Uh, no, I would not change my Twitter bio. I, uh, I do, we actually... Do you, do you see our acceptance speech that me and Adam did for KI this year? No. We did, and we did a... So I, like, listen. I'm... Street Fighter Five wins every fighting game because it's Street Fighter, right? Yeah. It's, it's a good game. I like Street Fighter Five. But let's not forget, it was a fucking disaster when it launched. Yeah. I mean, it, it The CEO apologized for its quality. Right? He's like, we will never ship something this, this not ready ever again. He like, made a public apology for its quality. Okay? And it still wins every award. The process for which the games get chosen for awards is ridiculous. Like, I'm not saying it should be us. Right, yeah. give it to Blaze Blue or fucking Guilty Gear or whatever it, it was is. A Mortal Kombat, wasn't there? Not, the, not last year. Not, not last year. Um, but like, it's just it's mental when you always know which game's gonna win. 
and it doesn't end independent of what's actually happened in the world. How, did, how does Killer Instinct decide when it gets nominated? Well, uh, it's kind it's of just, a, no. If you put it out, it'll get nominated. It's a game as service thing, right? Yeah, it makes it tough. So like they do, we were in there for season three. Um, I think season two was nominated. We we're still working on season two when it was still nominated. I don't quite remember though. But yeah, it, it makes it harder. But you might every year you got a shot. Like like you know, I just get sick of losing to Street Fighter. Like fucking. But you can't lose to Street Fighter every year because there's only one every like four years. No, but then there's like a fucking another edition or. One. Oh yeah, Super Turbo and like like, we, like, like Dive Four. Dive, I think Dive Kick lost to Street Fighter Four <laughs> Alto Ultimate Edition. I don't remember what it was, but when Dive Kick lost, I was so salty. <laughs> I was very angry. Now that was one I was going to go on stage for. You ever think about boycotting all fighting game awards? Uh, I don't think our publisher would approve of that. I think they like they like the, they like the free press. Uh, they like being able to put things on the box, but yeah, I, it's frustrating. Uh, awards, I get why you have them. You want to recognize things, but fuck. I mean, come on. You know, it's just, like, it's like, it's this less, is just the salt mine now. This has turned into the salt mine. It's also yeah. like less cute than IGS, right? Like with IGS, nobody can really be mad. It's just too adorable, right? Uh, I know people don't think it's adorable when I get angry. People, think, I, people, I, people don't like the. They like the salt memes. They like getting back at me with salt memes. I just get salty. It's gonna happen. Occasionally, it's gonna happen. The salt mine. That's the new name, podcast name. The salt mine. The salt mine with Karen Dave. We're re- rebranding this whole thing. It's not TF. It's not Team GFB Radio, which transitioned to the Question Bus. It's now the Salt Mine with Kier and Dave. I get salty from time to time, but uh, not about important things or video games. Uh, Kier, uh, how can people get in touch with you? How do we, like you want to find your boy Kier? How do we do it? I mean, it depends what you're doing. So, uh, so I mean, Twitter, Twitter's good at Kier Myron, K E I R M I R O N. What kind of name is Myron? Uh, it used to be French. It used to be very, very like Miracle, like super fucking French. Okay. And um, at one point, the Myron part of my family had a convenience store and went, bought, signed to put up there in big letters and then ran out of room. <laughs> so they just <laughs> cut it. They're like, okay. Myron, we'll just cut it here. It's okay. not pronounced the same as everybody else. Like, yeah, most people would go Miran. Yeah, or Miran. When I when I say your name and you're not next to me to correct me, I say Kier Miran. Yeah, but my dad says it's Myron, and he like it's yeah. like there's a certain authority your parents have in the way things. Yeah, are. yeah. It's just like yeah, well, also, no one can tell you how to pronounce your name. Like, <laughs> like, like, like if I say my name is Dav. Like you don't have the right to tell me how to pronounce my name. It's my name, not yours. You don't have the right to tell me that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, but it's weird just with people with the same name yeah. <laughs> pronounce it differently. Uh, yeah, but you same at on Instagram. I mean, you can contact me there. You can contact me on Snapchat. Are you on that Snapchat? Yeah. You don't post very often on Snapchat. No, it's more of a social thing. To yeah. be honest, it's more it's like a chat, it's a chat program. Yeah, it's a chat program. We I mean, should transition. You're pretty much the only person I, I when I'm not in Japan. You're pretty much the only person I talk to on WhatsApp. Like, I only use WhatsApp in Japan. We should transition to Snapchat. Uh, I like to remember what I said. Oh. I mean, I'm not on Snapchat by choice. It's more certain people in my life have different chat things they want to use. Oh. Um, I like that it's not around. You like just being able to forget? It, have you ever tried to coordinate where to meet somebody on Snapchat? That's what screenshots are for. <laughs> that, that's my thing. Yeah, it is. People are screen chatting. I, so I was telling Snapchat. A friend, two days ago, I told a friend to meet me somewhere. I'll show you right here. 
I was telling him to meet me at the lobby of this place or this place or this place. Come on. There we go. And... Wait. Oh, it's her. So, you can't see that, but they did Snapchat it to save it. Or screenshot it to save it. I guess that's the way I do it. But yeah, you can contact me there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I have a podcast called The Question Bus, which you're listening to right now, possibly. I like that we're doubling up. We're saving some time. Yeah. yeah. You might have to edit yours. I'm, I'm putting mine up raw. Uh, I always edit for quality. Yeah. And I always do bespoke uh, show notes. Do you have a favorite podcast? Do you actually listen to podcasts? Uh, I, I listen. I go back and forth. Right now I'm on audiobooks. Um, my podcasts, I really like uh, Solid Verbal. It's a college football podcast. Uh, I like that one. I like, obviously, Bombcast. Um, I feel like there, I just discovered another one fairly recently that I liked. Joe Budden's podcast is, is amazing. Good, is it good? What's, what does he do? Uh, he, he just recaps the current events of hip-hop. But is it like through through Joe Budden's eyes? Yeah, through Joe Budden's eyes with and the the people he surrounded himself with, which are not like well known people. It's not like it's not like a slaughterhouse podcast. Right. It's like his friends. Okay, here's here's what I have in my subscription right now. I have Hello from the Magic Tavern. It's much better than Drink Champs. Really? Yeah. Okay. But Drink Champs is good too. Drink Champs. I only listened to Drink Champs because the RTJ was on it, hmm. and I thought the production was so poor. I turned it off halfway through. So I've only ever listened to half of one episode of Drink Champs. I like Nori. He was yeah. fun. Uh, Bobcast, Beastcast, The Right Time with Bamani Jones, 538 Politics, Friendshipping, Team GFB Radio, Alt F1, Spawn on Me, Mawit Khalif's uh, yeah. podcast, and Waypoint Radio. And Waypoint Radio is good, too. It's, 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 it's okay. I think those guys got some... They could learn from the salt mine with Kier and Dave. That's all I got, Kier. You got anything? Um... No, I'm good. I'm I'm going to Hood Slam for the first time, so zero interest in Hood Slam. Yeah, it's, it's most. It's I'd, probably something you say after you've been. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's end the show as we show as we end every show, Kier. Yeah. Let's tell the folks at home what the GFB and Team GFB Radio currently and has always stood for. Game friends blast. Game friends blast. Almost a sentence. Uh, for Team Game Friends Blast Radio, <laughs> my name is Dave Lang. My name is Kier Myron. Peace. And do you have anything you want to plug? Me? Oh, we're still rolling with you. The yeah. question bus has no stops. Well, I I got an outro of my own. Uh, what do I want to plug? You know what? We're, we've gone dark right now. We got, we're got we working on a bunch of stuff we can't talk about. Um, we should be able to talk about a lot of things at E3. But nothing... We're in, we're, in, we're in dark mode where we're just building new shit and no one knows about it and it's really fun. And when it comes out, it's going to melt people's brains. We're working on one new big game, new IP.